Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And for the second week in a row, you are stuck with just me. No Dewey. So sorry. Anyway, today I wanted to go through some listener questions. I've gotten quite a few backed up here and really good ones. And let's just knock a few out today. And if you're listening and you have questions or a topic suggestion or just something cool to share with me about cats, (laughs) please email me, molly at cattalkradio.com. So let's just jump in here. I had someone named Song send me an email asking, I'm a new cat owner and your podcasts have been tremendously helpful. Thank you for your time and dedication. Oh, thank you, Song, and thank you for tuning in. She says, I have two questions regarding the new kitten I adopted about two weeks ago. Number one, She consumes about four and a half ounces of kitten wet food per day. She eats three meals a day, but she still acts hungry and weighs about 2.6 pounds when I weighed her yesterday. She passed her wellness check as well. Should I be feeding her more food or ignore the behavior of acting hungry? And question number two is, any suggestions as to how to feed two cats at the same time? I want to use an automatic feeder for lunch, but I'm afraid the resident cat will consume the kitten's food and vice versa. Ah, great, great, great questions. So first of all, I know you didn't ask this. You probably already know it, but for our other listeners' sake, I should say kittens really need to be eating a very high-protein canned food. Right. So when you go and you buy canned food, a lot of the brands will have a kitten version and an adult version. Really, the only difference is the kitten version is higher in protein. Now, if you move to quality cat foods, they don't really distinguish between kitten food and cat food. And that's because the higher quality brands are already very high in protein. And I should say animal protein not plant plant protein. So feed a very high quality food. And the other thing is they should be eating about four to six meals a day. When I foster kittens, I feed them six times a day. I feed my adult cat four, five times actually in a 24 hour period. And that's because in the wild, cats will eat 10 to 20 small meals a day. So feeding them frequently like that aligns more with their natural functions that three times a day is really not often enough. So she may be legitimately getting hungry between meals and meowing a lot and acting hungry because she is. Even though the four and a half ounces, you know, I'd say that's that's on, that, that would be minimum. Four and a half ounces should be okay. But boy, I've had kittens eat more. And when they're kittens and their bones and 
tissues are developing, I feed them almost as much as they'll eat, you know, short of them getting sick. Just like with us, some cats and kittens actually will just don't have a stop button and they'll just eat until they throw up. So, you know, be careful there, but minimum four and a half ounces, maybe as much as six, again, spread over, you know, four to six, preferably six meals a day. And then you can start backing off of that after about a year. Um, So another thing I'd say is try adding some hot water to each meal. Not only is that going to warm the food up to, you know, more room temperature. Think about it when cats eat in the wild, they eat you know, their prey, birds and rodents and whatnot are warm. And so feeding a cat a cold meal is not great. Don't warm the food up in the microwave, however, because that kind of cooks it. So just float it in very hot water. You can boil hot water even, then take the pan off the off the stove and float a Tupperware container with your leftovers if you've stored the leftovers in the refrigerator until it warms up and then add hot water to it. So it also increases the scent of the food, adding hot water to it, which will tend to make them more hungry. And it may also kind of fill her up a little more, you know, drinking more water, consuming more hydration does make us feel more full. Now, she may also be acting hungry, you know, due to a nutrient deficiency. So again, that also is is a good reason to be feeding really high quality wet food, because if we're feeding dry food, they're getting primarily plant proteins and far more carbohydrates than cats need. And they're really not getting the nutrients they need, because in order for them to make dry food, they've got a bake that stuff at like 170 degrees and it just bakes all the nutrients that would naturally be in those food sources, the raw food sources, right out. And then they go back and they spray synthetic nutrients on, which really aren't biodegradable for cats. So, you know, feed feed wet food, high quality wet food, so that you're certain your kitten's getting all the nutrients that they need. You can even add additives. You know, you you can add omega-3s. Those are excellent for growing kittens. Probiotics keep their little tummies calm in case they do get into something, eat something that, that keeps their stools, you know, regulated and things like that. Now you can do treat toss with dry food, which is just some good exercise for a cat, but I don't, but I don't recommend feeding it, you know, in, uh, in a meal, you can use it in puzzles and tossing it and things like that. Now, as far as, you know, feeding two cats at the same time, when one's a food hog, boy, that is hard, but You know, if you're home, obviously, when you feed the four meals to your adult cat, six meals to your kitten, I would recommend separating them in separate rooms because you're feeding tiny meals. You're spreading that five or six ounces out over, uh, you know, a long period of time over over many meals. It's it's basically an ounce per meal. So it's, it's pretty tiny. And they tend to eat quickly. So if you have to separate them, they eat quick. And then you just reintroduce them to one another. Now, if you're not there and you've got to use a timer, that's even more difficult. There are 
microchip feeders out there that will only open for a particular cat. But, and I don't know actually if they come with timers also, like it'll only open for that particular cat afternoon or something like that. Um, that's a that's a very good question. I did do a review on a really great timer. If you go to our YouTube channel, find Cat Behavior Solutions on our YouTube channel, you'll find a really good review on a great microchip feeder. Uh, but I don't know if it's a combo as a as a timer. That's a that's a good question. But um, again, if you're feeding smaller portions, now I also recommend when it comes to feeding cats and together really they need to be fed at least at least bare minimum two feet apart i really recommend feeding them out of sight of one another there is absolutely nothing natural about two cats sharing a meal or being together while they're eating so just don't go there just feed them feed them separate so i hope that answered your questions and you find that helpful to you and congratulations on getting a new kitten. And I'm shocked that you didn't tell me that your new kitten and your adult cat uh, were having issues integrating. That's the email I usually get. So good job on introducing them as well. So this next email comes from someone whose name I admittedly cannot pronounce. (laughs) It's spelled K-A-Y-I-U. Maybe that's Kayu. Caillou? I have no idea, and I'm so sorry if I butchered your name terribly. But here, I'm just going to call you Kay for sure. And here's what Kay says. Says, I'm a fan of your podcast, and I'm from Australia. Oh, nice. We have quite a few listeners in Australia. So thanks for tuning in, mate. (laughs) It goes on to say, since I adopted my cat Jasmine five months ago, Congratulations on your new cat, by the way. I've listened to your show religiously. Thank you for doing all this for the big cat family out there. Wonderful. You are welcome. And we will be doing this for a very long time, I hope. So the problem with Jasmine is that she's afraid of the vacuum cleaner. Whenever I take out the vacuum, even when I've not turned it on, she seems very alert and sometimes hides under the couch. She's become braver than before. Now she can watch me vacuuming from a distance. When she stays out and watches, I give her treats. But after watching for a few minutes, she ignores the treats and goes back to hiding. I wonder if I'm doing the right thing and whether you can offer some tips for desensitization. Good question. And you're right. It is a process of desensitization. So mostly it's the noise level. You know, if you think about it, All of a cat's senses are more in tune and and bigger, I guess is the way to say that, than ours. Meaning, you know, they can smell 40 times greater. Their eyesight's better. Their hearing, you know, they they can hear mice farting in a wall. So, I mean, what it must be like to go through life with highly tuned senses like that. So loud noises in particular really do bother them and understandably so. 
So the process of desensitization goes like this. You'll want to record the vacuum cleaner on your cell phone. So you got to get it real close in there. So you got a good, loud vacuum cleaner sound. And then play it back to your cat before you get the vacuum cleaner out, right? Just start no vacuum cleaner out of the blue. Here's my audio track of a vacuum cleaner. Play it really low though. So low it doesn't bother the cat. And then give her treats, lots of treats. And then slowly increase the volume until you see that the cat is disturbed by it. And then stop. And then the next session, you know, start it just below that volume that you visibly saw it bothering her. And then Increase it a little bit more, continuing to give treats until you can see that it's bothering her. And then take out the vacuum cleaner and same thing. Leave it out. Just leave it in the middle of the room and toss treats to it and lure her up to it with treats and let her know that the vacuum cleaner not plugged in and not making noise is not a bad thing. In fact, we're going to create a paradigm shift where now the vacuum cleaner is associated with a good thing, getting treats. It's really important you use a knock your socks off treat. I like to call them knock the paws off treat. Not just the regular run of the mill treat that you use every day, not the temptations and all that junk. Get a really good quality, great tasting treat. Here in the United States, I recommend us using Lick and Lab. I don't know if they sell their product in Australia, actually, but it's worth looking into. Google Lick and Lab and see if you can get it there. Anyway, use something really, really special just for this counter conditioning and desensitization process. And then you'll slowly, you'll start to play the low sound of the vacuum cleaner while the machine is out and giving treats. You'll be pairing that now, now that the cat's desensitized to the vacuum cleaner being in the room and getting great things when they see it. And then the noise desensitization has gradually gone up. And you don't just do that in one session. You do it, you know, a little bit every day, a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit more increased every day. And, you know, this is true with, with anything, hair dryer noise, car noise, what whatever it is. So record it on your phone and do a systematic desensitization process, which basically means just little, little, tiny, inc- you know, increments of increased volume and exposure to that that is, that is freaking the cat out. And eventually, and you don't want to go too much. You, you don't want to do what we call flooding. You don't want to just have, you know, a lot of the noise and the cat is scared, the cat's still eating treats. Cause as you see, after a while that, that doesn't work, the cat will go away. So very, very, very gradually increase the volume and, uh, and eventually the cat will be desensitized to both the sound and the sight of the vacuum. My cat is because when he was a kitten, I did that. So now that he's an adult cat, I can get out the vacuum cleaner. I, I keep one of those handheld uh, Black and Decker dust busters near the litter box so that when the litter tracks out, I sweep it all together. And he, and it's loud. It's a really loud thing. He could care less. He'll walk right up to it while it's going off. Doesn't care because he knows from a kitten that it didn't hurt him. 
I hope that helped. I got another question here from Anita and Dan. Says, is it possible to train a cat to be quiet? (laughs) I love this question. Our cat vocalizes excessively. She wants to go outdoors on a harness and a leash. We take her out at 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. daily for about an hour each time. And during the two hours leading up to each outdoor session, she vocalizes excessively. She's trying to get us to take her outdoors before the designated time. Is it possible to train her to be quiet? (laughs) I just can visualize this. It's very funny. Sorry, funny, funny to me. Not funny, I know, to you. And bless you for being such great cat parents. You take your cat outdoors on a leash two times a day for an hour each time. How wonderful is that? And no wonder she's getting excited and wants to go out, you know, about it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. That's such fabulous enrichment for cats. So I got a couple ideas for you here. Typically, when cats vocalize, obviously it's to get our attention. And if they don't succeed in getting our attention, then typically they stop it. So it's very, very, very important for you to really practice ignoring the vocalization. And I mean, ignoring it. If you have to put in, you know, earplugs or play music with a headset over your your earphones, do it. Don't look at her. Don't talk to her. Don't do anything. If you even just glance at them while they're meowing, then they're going to go, uh-huh, uh, it's working, and they're going to do it more. So complete and total ignoring is the key here. And I mean, really ignore, right? You least little bit of attention, and they won, and it's just going to increase the behavior. Um, that's a that's the best advice I can give you because I'm I'm guessing that there's probably a little bit of paying attention, like maybe talking to her. It's like, you know, whatever your cat's name is, you didn't include that in there. But, you know, it'd be like for me, I'd be like, Pico, seriously, we're going to go out in an hour. Give me a minute. I've got stuff to do here. I can't just be at your beck and call all day long. And I start to have a little conversation with him. And of course, that's really encouraging him to just keep up the conversation on his end. And he'd go, yeah, it's working. So it, it's an attention-seeking behavior. And uh, and she's clearly got you very well trained. So good job, Kat. <laughs> the other thing is, I don't know uh, where you are, but you could do one of two things. Ideally, you could build a catio which is an enclosed patio that's generally attached to the house or connected by a tube, you know, a a cat door type of thing so that the cat can go outside whenever they want. And that might help. That way she can go out to the catio when she's ready to go outside and spend time out there. If you are not in a place where you can enclose a porch or build a catio outside, there are pretty good sized crates Uh, I bought one from Amazon not too long ago. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can email me and say, uh, send me the link to the the foster crate that you just bought. And you email me molly at cattalkradio.com and I'll send it to you. So, I mean, it's pretty good size. You know, it's it's 
probably a little short of four feet by two and a half feet. And it's on casters. And you could put that outside. You could put the cat in it and roll it outside. You can buy these little hooks where water bowls and food bowls go in there. And it's got multi-levels and you can put a litter box in the bottom. Just make sure they're, they're shaded, you know, well shaded. Don't leave a cat out like that in the sun. But, um, you know, outside, roll them out on wheels and they've got their own little portable catio. I wouldn't leave them out there more than, you know, probably an hour. And of course, keep going and checking on them. But that might be a really good way for her to get some outdoor time in between the harness walks. And if nothing else, she's outside and you can't hear her vocalizing, right? <laughs> Make sure she's happy and enjoying it though. And uh, that might just work for you. Great question. Great, great question. Okay, I got another one here, similar from Jackie in Los Angeles, writes, I would love it if you do an episode or podcast on strollers. Many of us live in areas that are loud where there's traffic and fire trucks and things like that. And I know it's very frightening for cats to hear that when they're outside. However, if you're in a more rural community and it's quiet, that's easier. I think it's a great alternative to walking the cat on a harness. It's also a healthy, great bonding ritual for cats that are young. Just a thought. Jackie, it's a great thought. And I'll have you know, we have two strollers, actually. We have one that's, you know, we live on dirt roads. And so we have one with great big rubber wheels that's kind of built for all terrain like that. And we take our cat Pico on walks. We also take him on harness and leash walks. I really don't think it's a either or. It's an and, you know, when we take him on harness and leash walks, really what's going on is he's taking us on harness and leash walks, right? Because you can't drag your cat along at your pace. You just kind of follow him as he's exploring and chasing things and stuff like that. So when we put him in the stroller, we go at our pace. We can we can walk a nice pace and get some exercise and he can go too. And he's been doing that since he was a kitten and he loves it. He sits right up front, watches everything that goes by and watches birds and stuff like that. It's excellent enrichment. And then our other stroller is gigantic. It's very wide and low to the ground. And we use that like when we go to trade shows is it'll hold a litter box and I can put him in there and he can be in there all day. It has a clip so I can clip it to his, his harness. And if he wants to get out and look at something in a booth, you know, we do that. In fact, we're going to be going to super zoo next week and Pico will be attending in his very wide stroller. So we have two of them. I think it's awesome. I don't know that I could go on and on for 30 minutes about strollers. So I thought I would include this in this podcast um, to answer your question. Thanks. Thanks for asking that. Now, I've got another one here um, from Nina, actually. Nina, you guys have, have heard me answer questions from Nina. She sent me an email asking, why do some cats have like these little horns on the back of their paws? and others don't. And I thought, well, that, that's a very good question. And so I started looking at cats and sure enough, you know, I have kind of noticed that it's kind of like a little fleshy lump on the, on the inside of their leg, right on the backside of their, their front legs. And, uh, and what it is, is it has to do with an overgrowth of keratin in their bodies. And the cause of it, they call it 
hyperkeratosis. And the cause of hyperkeratosis is, is unknown, but of course it's not dangerous. Um, you can sometimes soften them with coconut oil. Um, I, I don't know. It, it'd be something I would ask your vet about to be sure. I mean, some vets, you know, do remove them and want to biopsy and just make sure that the hyperkeratosis isn't being caused by some underlying disease like cancer or FELV. But but don't panic. You know, they're they're usually just a really super harmless abnormality on cats. So great question, Nina. If you if if you haven't seen what she's talking about, look at your cats, kind of feel down around their their front legs. And if you feel that little horn, like it's not horn like a sharp horn. It's it's almost like a toe or big wart, you know, that kind of thing growing out of the back of the leg. Some cats have it, some cats don't but it's not dangerous. So don't worry. All right. That's all I'm going to do today in questions. Thank you everybody for sending them to me. And if any of you listening have any questions or topic suggestions, please email them to me at molly at cattalkradio.com. Also, I want to encourage you to head over to catnewsheadlines.com. If you want a whole bunch of other random cat information, like you didn't get enough today, go to catnewsheadlines.com. I mean, it's like a one-stop website for everything cats. They've got, he has links to news and videos and all kinds of topics. He's got one of the most expansive cat food resource areas. He's, he's greatly amassed some incredible information there. Funny stuff, blogs, serious stuff, sanctuaries, entertaining stuff. I mean, great. Serious stuff too. You know, cat food recalls, safety news, and a library, you know, with over 320 books of recommended reading. So go check it out. Catnewsheadlines, plural, dot com. And go check out our website as well, catbehaviorsolutions.org. Cat Talk Radio is an outreach of the nonprofit Cat Behavior Solutions. We're here to amass as much free do-it-yourself information as we can to help you and your cat bond more and to help you take better care of your cat. I also want to encourage you to submit your cat for our cat of the month. Vitacraft will send you free treats within the United States. I have to say that. But Vitacraft will send you free cat treats if you do it, if you win. And we're going to have multiple winners a month. So go to our social media, Facebook, which is where we're doing this, and submit a picture of your cat, a little story about your cat. And if you win, we'll create a, a cool graphic for you to share. And uh, then we'll get your address and Vitacraft will send you cat treats. So head over to our social media and do that. And you know what? That's about all I got for you today. So until next time, keep calm and purr on. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.